If you have enjoyed this spring, you have another 44 days to continue doing so. If you're not enjoying the spring, you still have 44 more days until June 20th, when the summer solstice begins. Today is May 7th, 2021, and this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement has some information about some of what might change during this time. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's edition, Governor Northam is set to lift most pandemic restrictions on June 15th. U.S. Route 250 at Afton Mountain is still closed. The Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission releases a report on the 2021 General Assembly. And the Seville Plans Together initiative has its first public event post-pandemic on Saturday. In today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, offers free home weatherization to income and age-qualifying residents. If you're aged 60 or older, or have an annual household income of less than $75,100, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements, such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. Governor Ralph Northam took the stage in Richmond yesterday to announce that favorable trends in Virginia's COVID caseloads and vaccination rates are pointing in the right direction. We are seeing a welcome drop in our daily count of new COVID cases, cases. and our seven-day average is now lower than it has been since last October, seven months ago. That's a big deal after a hard year, and we should all celebrate that. Today, the seven-day average for new cases is down to 820, and the percent positivity is 4.4 percent. There has also been a decrease in the number of hospitalizations and deaths. Northam said that since the beginning of the pandemic 14 months ago, decisions of the emergency team and the Virginia Department of Health have been led by the data. And today, the data give us a very clear message. The vaccines are working. They're helping reduce the spread of this disease. Fewer people are getting sick. Fewer people are going into the hospital and fewer people are dying. Northam said that vaccinations may be opened up to people over the age of 12 as early as next week. Parents are eager for their children to be able to get this shot. Preliminary results from a VCU survey tell us that a large majority of parents, 66%, plan to get their adolescents vaccinated. 63% will vaccinate their younger children when it's available. Dr. Kosti Safri, the Director of Hospital Epidemiology at the University of Virginia Health System, said they are ready. We um, at UVA are um, you know, poised and ready to do that. We would um, and will use our, stir, uh, our, our current mechanisms of providing vaccines for, for, um, for um, the residents of the health district, um, um, including the, um, the vaccine center at Seminole Square and our outreach systems. As of today, exactly one-third of Virginians is fully vaccinated at 33.3%, and 45.9% of Virginians have had at least one dose. The average doses administered per day has declined this week and is currently at 66,343 a day. A month ago, on April 7th, that number was 78,785. We still have a lot of work ahead to meet President Biden's new goal of 70 percent 
of American adults getting at least a first shot by the 4th of July. Northam warned that COVID remains a serious threat and continued vigilance is necessary. Though many carry the disease asymptomatically, others such as himself have lasting effects from their illness. As you all know, I had COVID myself last October, and seven months later, I still can't smell or taste anything. Many long-lasting side effects are much worse. If you haven't gotten the vaccine, remember this. COVID can make you truly sick for months. The variants that are now circulating raise the risk of getting sick. Dr. Sifri said some studies suggest that a third of people who contracted COVID developed long-term symptoms. Um, And it can include people that um, had mild disease or even didn't recognize that they had disease, had had asymptomatic disease. UVA will continue to study this phenomenon. Northam has previously announced relaxation of several restrictions on May 15th next week, such as allowing 250-person events outdoors and increases in the number of people who can attend entertainment and sporting events. He said if the trends continue, almost all restrictions will be lifted. If our COVID numbers keep trending down and our vaccination numbers keep going up, we plan to lift our mitigation measures, capacity restrictions, and social distancing requirements on June the 15th. The mask requirement will remain in place for at least a couple of weeks longer, but there are some complications. Clark Mercer is Northam's chief of staff, and he mentioned an important date to keep in mind, as well as a logistic hurdle to the legality of even wearing one in public in the near future. The governor's executive authority uh, and emergency declaration expires on June 30th. And like the governor said, he will revisit in a future press conference how we talk about masks, even voluntarily wearing a mask in Virginia. You have to have a state of emergency in effect to do so. Um, There's law in a book that does not allow you even voluntarily to wear a mask in public. So there's some issues we have to work through between now and the end of June. Governor Northam's legal counsel, Rita Davis, explained further about the forthcoming end of the emergency. By code, all uh, declarations of states of emergency end on June 30th. Um, So the governor has the prerogative to reissue a declaration of a state of emergency. But as you heard, one of the concerns remains the possibility of emerging variants. Research continues at the University of Virginia Health System into increasing surveillance and analysis to identify their presence. Dr. Amy Mathers is an associate professor of medicine and pathology. We have recently signed a contract with the state um, for the UVA clinical labs to do whole genome sequencing of the um, SARS-CoV variants. The plan um, as it stands right now is on behalf of Virginia Department of Health to do up to 250 um, sequences a week. That allows for scientists to have a better sense of what variants are circulating. Dr. Mathers said that will help detect emerging strains, as well as understanding patterns behind patients who might one day contract COVID, even after being vaccinated. The UVA labs have been attempting to sequence DNA from as many positive cases as possible, and the results show what strains are in the area. And we definitely have a predominance here, like we see elsewhere in the state, of the UK variant. 
And so that is widely circulating and does account for over 50% of the cases that we're seeing now. And that um, shift occurred quite quickly and dramatically towards the end of March. We went from you know 10% to, to over 50% kind of when we turned over into April. Dr. Mathers said the variants from Brazil and South Africa are also in the community, but at a lower level. Even lower, but present, are variants from California and New York. With more data, there will be more of an accurate record of what variants are moving where. So far, vaccines are effective against these strains, according to Dr. Safri. The most common variant in the United States, the UK variant, the B117 variant, um, uh, is very effectively prevented by current vaccines. For the foreseeable future, the surveillance of existing cases and continued research will continue. As Governor Northam has said, the data is pointing in the direction that vaccinations after a long period of mitigation has led to this ability to potentially lift restrictions. It's very, um, it's very encouraging to see the, the biostatisticians and modelers who are taking a look at the trajectory of cases um, uh, here, both locally, regionally, and of course around the United States, just to see what the data, what their, um, what their modeling is, is showing. To review the model, take a look at the dashboard on the Virginia Department of Health website. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for a quick subscriber-supported public service announcement. Are you a master at literary trivia? Or maybe you just want to play along for something to do on a Monday night. The Friends of the Jefferson Madison Regional Library are going to hold a trivia night on Monday, May 24th, to help raise funds to support the library system. Teams or individuals can register for $15. You can register in a link in the newsletter, or you can visit the Friends of the JMRL Facebook page for more information. US 250 will remain closed indefinitely between Route 6 and the top of Afton Mountain, while the Virginia Department of Transportation works to stabilize the roadway. A rock slide began on Monday, and debris, soil, and rocks continue to crumble away from the hillside. The road will likely be closed for a period of weeks while the excavation and stabilization is done. A better estimate of the time required will be made once work begins early next week. Passenger vehicles are allowed on Route 6, but through truck traffic is prohibited. For more details on the geology involved, there's a great blog post from Chuck Bailey of the Structural Geology and Tectonics Research Group at the College of William and Mary. Want to know what happened in this year's General Assembly? The Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission has released a 16-page report that takes a look at what passed in the session, which was extended from what was to have been a 45-day session. Albemarle County obtained the ability to carry over capital funds from year to year without reappropriating the money, giving additional flexibility for project management. Any locality in Virginia can now create a local tourism improvement district that can raise funding through fees to businesses to fund tourism activities and capital improvements. Single-use polystyrene containers will be banned in a phased process that begins in July of 2023. Localities can now reduce speed limits below 25 miles per hour in business or residential districts. 
Regional cigarette tax boards can be formed to collect revenue on behalf of localities. Minimum fines for dumping of litter or trash increases from $250 to $500. A state revolving fund can now be created to help localities purchase, operate, and maintain body cameras for law enforcement officers. A report will be made on whether Virginia should have a model policy for crosswalk design and installation. Localities can now amend their comprehensive plans to encourage waiving or reducing parking requirements when promoting transit-oriented development. A local food and farming infrastructure grant program will be created to help support local food production. And marijuana possession of up to one ounce will be legalized, as will the ability to grow up to four plants. Retail sales will not be allowed until January of 2024. Read the report for more. And tell me, what stands out for you? And finally, it's a busy month for anyone interested in having a say on Charlottesville's comprehensive plan. I'm working on a longer preview story, which will come out shortly, about what's changed since March 30th. That's when the Planning Commission last weighed in. The first main webinar on the changes will be held on Monday, and my report will be out by then. However, the first public event begins tomorrow, with an event at Riverview Park from noon to 2 p.m., Stay tuned for my story, and in the meantime, read the report from earlier or listen to the podcast. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a pandemic edition. Thank you very much for listening and catching up with all of that information. Uh, In the next one, we'll be back with more land use stuff. There are actually two, hopefully two things coming out this weekend that are for the Substack subscribers. Uh, One of them is a look at the March figures uh, for real estate transactions in Charlottesville. The other one is that preview report I just mentioned for the comprehensive plan. Then the week ahead is going to come out sometime on Sunday, and then the next newsletter will be out on Monday. Thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, this is uh, something that I do believe is worth uh, your time and my time to produce it. So uh, share it with somebody else. Let's have let's have more people spend their time consuming uh, this product. Um, hopefully they'll learn something. Hopefully you've learned something. I certainly have. I'm Sean Tubbs and uh, hope you've had a great week and hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe out there and uh, talk to you next time. Thank you.